0: Chris Williams, welcome to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Big game coming up in Austin on Saturday. You all know that. Thought I would throw up Matt Campbell's weekly press conference onto the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network today, so you can enjoy that here. Of course, our uh, football coverage at CycloneFanatic.com, as always, is brought to you by the great pork producers of the state of Iowa. Looking ahead to some Thanksgiving dinner. Don't forget the ham. Don't forget the bacon, Iowa pork. Here's Matt Campbell's press conference leading up to Saturday's showdown with the Texas Longhorns.
1: All right, um, get rolling. You know, not a, not a lot left from Saturday's football game. You know, I think even after watching the film, like I told our team, and kind of like I said after the game, I'm really proud of our effort. Um, I thought there was a lot of improvement in some areas that I, I thought we needed to improve on, and uh, obviously there's some things that we got to continue to clean up to continue to get where we want to go as a football team. But uh, with that said, great challenge this week, road football game, uh, team that's played really good football this year, and be a certain a great challenge for our team going forward. So with that said, I'll open up. Go ahead, Randy.
0: Brock's been fairly unflappable through the five games that he's played. What do you anticipate it will be like for him going in front of 100,000
1: people? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's the thing that's, That's fun about Brock. I don't think he looks at, you know, the size of the stadium, the who, the what, I think what has made him really good is he's really concentrated on himself. How do I get better, you know, from game to game? And I think that's where he's really sunk his teeth into that. And I think that's why you've seen him be able to have some success early in his career and certainly what he's done over the last five games is he's gotten better each and every football game. And so, you know, he'll have to continue to improve and get better. And, you know, are going to face a, a really talented defense. And, and obviously, you know, certainly a, another environment that's a road environment that'll that'll all be part of the equation. But I think that's kind of all smoke and mirrors, to be honest with you. It's really about his ability to just keep getting better. And if he keeps focused on it, um, I think you'll continue to see him improve.
2: I know ever since you met with us, you always talked about how you wanted to play meaningful games in November. When did you first talk to – the players when you got here about that goal, and did you envision it being this fast that you would get to that point?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a, that's probably a good question. I, I really don't know, and I probably talked to our players about it the same time I talked to you guys about it, you know, from the day I got here. Um, You know, I remember being at Kansas the first year and, you know, saying at some point, we'll be back here playing meaningful games, you know, and have the opportunity that November is the time where you want to play your best football. And so, you know, I I think I I certainly at least remember talking about that with our program. But, you know, I I don't know as soon or as what, you know, I think our whole purpose has been one day at a time and just continuing to improve and get better. And so that part about it, I, I continue to have pride in what's down in our locker room and the kids and their ability to take that message, to take that meaningful attitude and just continue to improve, whether it's been during the season, the off season, in the summer, our kids have really worked hard to continue to do that. And I think that's why we continue to improve as a football program. Do you think you'd be at this point this soon? Yeah, you know, I I, I don't think I ever think about that, to be honest with you. I just worry about trying to get our kids to be the best they possibly can be. And I, I think the result really takes care of itself um, you know, I've always believed that. So, you know, I've never put a lot of stock into planning when or the how as much as attacking the day-to-day operation of being the best we can be.
0: What have you seen from Ellinger and his maybe progression throughout the year? And the, the Herman yesterday said that um, they've kind of gone through the air a little bit more the last couple weeks and maybe changed some of what they do offensively. Have you kind of seen that and then, um, you know, Ellinger and kind of his growth? Well,
1: you know, I, I think His growth has been just... You know, I think a lot of what you're, you know, you hope to see, even in a guy like Brock, you know, the opportunity to continue to play more meaningful games. And quarterback is such a, it's such a experienced position. And I think what you see from him is he's owning the offense. He knows where to go with the football. Um, You know, it's really hard to disguise things and trick him because it's, it's, he's owning the offense. And I think when you see really good quarterbacks playing at a really good, you know, really good rate, you see guys that own the offense and that's what he's doing right now and you know he's got a lot of experience he's played in a lot of meaningful games he's also got the athleticism that when things break down he can make things happen so and he's got some great targets on the outside obviously you know those guys have had big games for him and um, continue to do some really special things for those guys so I think all that in one um, has really allowed him to to have a, a fantastic year for them.
0: A portion of recruiting is always based on potential generally with Brock when did, when did you kind of realize what his true potential was going to be and at what point in the season did you realize he had the ability to kind of fulfill some of that? Yeah, um, you know, I, mean,
1: I, I think we'll, we'll only continue to see what his full potential can be. You're, you're talking about it you know, uh, still a young man that's only played in five football games. And, and you know, that that part is, is what's really rewarding about coaching and rewarding about a young guy that's taken advantage of at least those opportunities so far. I think the thing that about Brock that at least allowed us to say we're ready to play him was, quite honestly, how he practiced once Kyle went down. And, you know, he took a lot of those two reps after, you know, after Kyle was hurt. And, you know, I think as any competitor, you want to be the guy coming into that. And I I think for me, you've heard me say this multiple times, I'd rather play you too late than too early. And, you know, when we put you in, I want to be sure that you're ready to go. And I thought the maturity of him preparing like the starter when he wasn't the starter was really huge for a young 18-year-old to be able to do that and understand that. And I think as we continue to watch him get better through the weeks of, you know, certainly the Akron and the TC, weeks, behind the scenes, I was really impressed with what he was doing and certainly how he continued to improve. And so I I really felt like he had earned the right to at least go into that Oklahoma State game and play. Um, To his credit, he he continued to improve so much that he took advantage of that opportunity.
2: Matt, is Ellinger a little bit like Brewer? The kid you saw last
0: week, and can your team benefit from seeing him the week before
1: you know, I think that's a really great comparison because I think you're talking about two guys, Chris, that, that both have, you know, just like Brewer did a year ago. You know, he went through the the, the season. He's a starter. He kind of, he knows his answers. And I, I think you saw that during the game as things broke down, both with his feet and, you know, knowing where guys were on the football field, he had the ability to, to make plays in critical situations. And, you know, that certainly is, is what's going on right now on that Texas offense. In critical moments, the quarterbacks stepping up and making big plays and he's got that escape ability he can do it with his feet as well you know benefiting from that I, I think you know certainly getting back to a game where the quarterback's mobility at times can be you know an asset to the offense was really good for us to be able to see that and be able to say man what did we do well what didn't we do well and what do we have to continue to do to improve and you know once that quarterback has athleticism it certainly changes the dynamic of defensive football so you know We've we've talked a lot about that, and I you know I think that's something that w- it must be a focal point for us going into this week.
2: Uh, Matt, um, I know you're locked in the moment, but uh, if you could go back just a little bit, why when you had the balky start to the season, and the first game's canceled, and you start one and three, you're facing a trip to Oklahoma State. Well, what was the difference between the teams, sort of? Buckling as opposed to what it did do. I mean, why did this happen? How did it happen?
1: Yeah, you know, again, I. I it's a very fair question, and I think the the reality of it is, you know, the cliche answer is is going to be this, but it's also the real answer is is our culture within our walls, not upstairs, not the coaches, but in our locker room, the player leadership, the player ownership. You know, I think coaching sometimes in ways gets overrated because the reality of it is is it's what the guys that are leading the program down that locker room say. You know, for one and three guys were really close, or Man, you know what, wait till next year and we're just gonna we're gonna try to figure it out next year. And that mood, that swing, that confidence or that, you know, lack of confidence all is generated with the leadership of the football program that is, you know, embodied down that locker room. And I, I know I've said this a lot. I really, really have enjoyed coaching this team because the guys that are the leaders at each position group are maybe not only our best players, but they're our, they're our best leaders in our program and they're guys that stand for the right thing on the field and off the field. So I really think that is truly the single purpose why we've been able to weather the adversity of both positive and negative and just keep improving. Um, So I really do appreciate that about this team and that group.
0: Matt, when you look at a team that started at one and three and had a game cancelled and you're going through a couple of quarterback changes, there's an opportunity for some teams to continue to get better, which you obviously have, and other teams that whether they're not mentally as tough, you know, fade or lose, or you know, you're playing tough opponents on the road again and you lose those games. Uh, kind of along the same lines as the previous question is have you seen that kind of mental growth over the couple of years? Because you've had five different quarterback changes over the time, and how have they been able to kind of uh, rally around your quarterback? And then now your quarterback rising.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously, that you know this this program in general has faced a lot of adversity over the last three years. And then you you know you talk about. Uh, you know, trying to really just continue to change a mindset here of there are no excuses. It's nobody really cares. We have to continue to get better and improve. And, you know, at some point along the line, I think our program took that mantra and said, you know what, he's right. That's how that's how life is. And we just got to continue to grow and move forward. And, you know, I, I think, again, Kyle's. Kyle has been probably the rock of that in a lot of ways, and you know when the issue at the Texas game a year ago, going to Oklahoma, and his, I think his ability to step into that role with such um, poise and being ready and prepared to step into that role, I think was was a true turning point. And equally this year, when Kyle goes down as the injured quarterback, the senior, the captain, I think it's really easy for 99% of our society to say, man, I'm frustrated, I'm mad. I don't want to see those other two quarterbacks have success and say, you know what, I'm going to just worry about me, I'm going to get rehabbed, and I'm going to get myself ready to go. But really the opposite happened again. Kyle has been as good of the quarterback coach, has been Brock's mentor, has literally, how do you watch film, how do you prepare, how do you diligently go about it? And you know what? what's happened is our kids see that, and they say, you know what, if that guy, can stand up and do the right thing, then why couldn't I? And so I I think, you know, Kyle, and I I said this, and it's hard because There's a lot of other good stories and a lot of other neat things to write about. The greatest story in our football program is what Kyle Kemp's done, the humility, his character. Um, And, you know, he's he's certainly defining what a captain should be and look like. So um, I don't know if that answered your question, but I think just taking it through that timeline, the constant there has been Kyle Kemp.
0: Matt, you said a number of times that sometimes you enjoy practice more than the games. And I wonder, in the same vein as all of this, how much that is a refuge for you and for the team away from that external noise? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I think it. for me it is, you know, I, I've said that multiple times because I, I could sit and watch video a day and then go try to figure it out on the practice field with our kids. And that's that's my passion. What I appreciate is you see our, our players having that passion. And I think that's Coach Haycock's passion. And that's, you know, Coach Houston's passion and Coach Gasser. Like, you know, I think we've surrounded ourselves with guys that are passionate about the game of football. And part of that recruiting process is finding guys that love football, the gym rats, the guys that want to be here all the time. And so, you know, I think that's part of the thing for me me that I would say we're a lot closer to that in our program today and when you can just worry about improvement, self improvement and team improvement, you know really the externals are are really just noise and you know you got to be really strong willed to be able to handle that but um, you know I think our kids are continuing to improve in that aspect of it.
2: That was a tough first season. You referenced that trip to, to Kansas last year, or two years ago. What was it, what had you seen up until that point that led you to believe that, hey, when you came back in two years, you guys were going to be to this point?
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know. <laughs> There's definitely after uh, after that game, right, where well, we suspended Park for the first half, we suspended Lazard for the first half. I, I, I probably don't think for that game I felt like we're going to be here in two years. But I, I knew at some point, and, you know, we we overcame and won that game, which was really big. And then we were able to come home and put two in a row together. And I felt like – just the commitment that our kids had started to make at that at, at that standpoint, and really, i talked about this—the TCU game, the second half of that game, year one—I felt like you know what, this can maybe happen here. Not from us, but from the kids. And, you know, I I think we continued on and and really got what we deserved. You know, lost a lot of really close games because we hadn't put the time and effort into what winning should look like. And I think our kids have continued to learn and grow from that standpoint on. But I, I, I think that playing and winning a game in November I thought was really big for Iowa State football at that moment and to do it on the road and to talk about, man, at some point we'll be we'll be in this position in November where these games actually, you know, count as more of just than, a, hey, it's a great win, let's move forward. So I think that was probably more of the message at that time than anything.
0: How is Dayton doing? He's doing better.
1: Um, you know, he certainly has improved drastically from where he was last week at this time. You know, what that improvement looks like, you know, where he will be. I'd say right now probably questionable, but, you know, where he'll be come come Saturday. You know, I think that we'll all have a better idea starting today at practice.
0: Well, how's Tariq? I know people are talking about him. He didn't pop usually like he does usually, but he was out there. I mean, was it a product of the flow of the game or, or what were you?
1: Yeah, I, I think totally a, a flow of the game type type situation, you know, I, I thought, um, especially the weather and some of the things, and to be honest with you, Deshante got off to a great start in the football game. I think all those things kind of took hold. And, um, you know, I think that that was really more of the situation I'm going with at that point, the hot hand, than it had anything to do with what Tariq had done or not done.
0: What do you need to see this week from your running back group without David being available for that first half and then second part of that? What do you expect from David tenacity-wise when he is able to get his reps in that second half?
2: Yeah,
1: I, I, I really, you know, I, I don't even know if I've even put much thought into it just because we've been here already. You know, we've, we've had to play, you know, a, a conference game on the road um, without, our, without our tailback. And so, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing that I expect from David is great leadership. You know, I expect him to continue to be that captain and that guy that is guiding the ship, whether he's in the football game or he's not. And, you know, I, I, I've said this multiple times, those four running backs, you know, those are guys that are really talented and guys have had great games, guys have gotten better this season for us and really stepped up in the moment when they've been asked to. So I'm excited for them. You know, I think it's just another great opportunity for those guys to showcase, you know, that entire room.
2: How would you break the news to David? I'm sure David kind of assumed, okay, I may not be playing in the first half, but just the idea that when you were going to be appealing it to that he he indeed wouldn't play the first half. I guess how he reacts to the nukes that he wouldn't be able to put. Yeah, you know, I, I think David knew
1: when we came in on Saturday. You know what the yeah Saturday after the game, what the you know what the stipulations were, and so I mean that's why they have rules, right? Like got to follow the rules, and there's there's consequences, and those were the consequences. So, I, you know, I, I'm pretty black and white that way. I guess having a father that's a principal kind of teaches you those standards, and you know we're not going to appeal something that happened. So, you know, we move forward, we deal with it, and. And, you know, it's a great learning lesson for all of us. But, I mean, nobody wants to play and lead his team more than David Montgomery. And I have no more trust than anybody in our football program than David Montgomery. So, you know, it was a reaction to a, to a really tough situation. But uh, a lesson learned. We move forward and, and get ready for Texas.
2: Matt, um, excuse me. You changed your defense during the season last year. You changed quarterbacks during the season this year. Is that flexibility? something that you're sort of demanding of yourself,
1: well, I, I, again, I, I think that's where we as coaches, and especially in this profession, right, um, we, we all have all the answers until we don't, you know. And in this whole thing, in my opinion, it's constantly you're constantly trying to evaluate yourself, your team, your program. Am I putting the best players on the field? Are we giving our program the best chance to be successful? And there's times where you gotta you got to answer some tough questions to yourself and say, you know, and challenge not only yourself, but our staff to come together and, and answer some of those questions to give the team the best opportunity to be successful. And I, I think if you think about it that way, because these kids put so much work into it, right? They're here January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and then you only get to what's funny about football, 12 guaranteed opportunities to play. Man, you, you got to do everything in your power to give those kids the best opportunity to be the best they can be. And um, that's what I, I try to empower in our, our players and our staff, as We're going to work really hard and try to be as honest and forthright as we can of how we're trying to give you the best opportunity to be successful.
0: What do you say to the voters that did not vote for Hakeem for the political?
1: Yeah, they probably made a mistake, but that's all right. You know, I I think it's – I don't know what I have to say, and I I don't even know, is that a thing? Is that already happened? Is that done with? You know, the reality of it is I I really like Akeem. I like throwing him the ball. And, you know, I'm really glad he's on our football team. So, I think they would saying? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know that, Randy. I didn't even know that that all has happened. So, the the reality of it is, I I think is Hakeem is as good as anybody in the country, and um, I'm really proud of his growth for sure. Where
2: do you, how do you assess how the offensive line has developed and where they're at right now? Yeah, um,
1: you know, I, I think again, like we've seen over the last couple of years, a lot of growth. You know, from obviously where we were in a really rough game one to certainly, you know, where we are now at the end of the football season. Um, you know, I think finding and settling on who are who are those five guys that de- deserve the right to be the starters, to watching even the development and growth of some of those young guys behind them. Um, I, I feel like we're in the best place we've been in our program since I've been here in terms of just overall growth and development. So, you know, we're going to continue to find out in some really tough situations just how far that growth has really come but i think you know from where we were game one to where we are right now certainly staggering in a lot of ways
0: matt looking at kind of your record here when it comes to accountability uh you haven't been afraid to sit somebody down am taking to um, and then there's been situations like say like the other day it, other, some people could say that was an unfair injection on mm-hmm. David because he was responding to what had been thrown his way. However, right after the game, he, he was seemed accountable for his actions. Right. And, and you don't seem to leave any kind of strand out there of whataboutism or something like right. that. How has the team grown from day one to now when it comes to accountability and taking accountability for their actions? Well,
1: I, I would say that that's probably, if there's anywhere that the max maximal growth has happened in our program, I, I'd say it's in that. And, and I'm not even talking football. I'm talking going to class. I'm talking about, you know, 10 minutes early to meetings. I'm talking about, um, you know, wearing the right stuff out to practice. You know, I, I, I said so long for us that, you know, it took us the first six months to start behind the line, finish through the line, and know what to wear out to practice. And that's not a knock on anybody. That's just the reality of, you know, trying to, what are we building the foundation of this program on? And, um, you know, I think that's something our staff collectively, we've all believed it's the right way to do things. And I'm really fortunate to have guys at every, you know, step of the way that really believe that those accountability, accountability factors are real. And um, so I, I think we've we've made a lot of growth and stride in that. I think you've seen it in our academic success that we've had, Um, that's something that nobody talks about, but really the the greatest growth in our program is what our kids are doing in the classroom, in my opinion. And, you know, I think there's a true translation and correlation to the success you have in the classroom and you being accountable, the one thing that truly is yours, to having the ability to go and play meaningful football games and doing the right thing on the field. But um, that's something I've always believed in and really fortunate to have good mentors that believed in that and taught that to me growing up.
2: What did you guys learn last year in November that you're taking into this year in November with the, you know,
1: competing for a Yeah, you know, I think so different last year and this year just because our team was different. You know, last year we were... Our kids were straining to be the best they could be, and they were straining to get better. Um, A lot of those guys just didn't have the energy to do it. You know, you're talking a guy like Joel Lanning played at this time over 1,200 snaps, you know, in the season, and Ryan Peavy well over 1,000 snaps, and, you know, guys that were playing so many snaps on both sides of the ball that when you get to that point and that's real, I think it's really hard to continue to get better. Um, But I think that's where we're, we're maybe slightly different is the depth and our ability to maybe overcome losing a guy like an Ennie or losing a guy like a Daytron Young and, you know, having some young guys being able to step up and and certainly support us. So I I think those are things that maybe are a little bit different, but we learned lessons last year. You know, you're talking playing in some certainly meaningful games last year at this time and, um, you know, not being able to finish a couple of those games off and, you know, taking those lessons learned and taking them in the offseason and continue to chip away at ourselves to be the best version we can be.
2: You've been so good in the red zone this year. Can you just remind us how crucial that will be, getting touchdowns instead of field goals?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's an area that, since Brock's taken over, we've improved. You know, and and I think the the thing for us that you look at these games in general they're all close and the ability to maximize those possessions down there really big and you know I think on the flip side of it really big defensively you know that field shrinks and having the ability to rise up just like we were able to last week and really capitalize on some critical moments Um, I think those are those are all huge when you're talking about playing good football teams you know and certainly playing this time of year
2: Do you shy away when talking to them about this Saturday's game? I mean, obviously they understand just everything's at stake. Do you talk to them just about the level of importance that comes with it? No, because, you know, everything was at stake when we were one
1: and three. And it's been that way every single week since then. And so, you know, I don't think you have to. I think you, you talk about the noise that's going to be generated outside of our walls. But I've talked about that since, you know, we won, you know, a couple games. And all of a sudden, like I said last week, it's just a whole different type of, you know, adversity, adversity of success, which is sometimes a lot harder to deal with than adversity of failure. So, um, you know, just remind our kids of that and understand what allows us to be the best version of us and that's just to get better one day at a time.
0: No, I asked you last year about how much you valued a game manager, quarterback, and even though Kyle and Brock have different skill sets, it seems like he's picked up right where Kyle left off, even though you see the 13 touchdowns, only the two picks,
1: etc. Yeah, and again, I think that's so much where having a guy like Kyle has been such a, a critical piece to our success. And having a guy that's willing to sit down and say, hey, this is what Coach is talking about, whether it's Coach Campbell or Coach Gordon, translating whatever this language is to wherever Brock's at and that, and being able to be a guy when, you know, we're in the meeting rooms, those guys can be in the meeting room. And I, I think that relationship, that understanding of, what, what's the expectation of the quarterback position here, I think that's been really pivotal to Brock's success from the time he started, to be honest with you, to where he's at. And, you know, I think the neat thing for Kyle is, you know, the humility and humbleness to approach this has been really rewarding. And, you know, it, it's going to be – it's certainly been the key to why we've been able to just continue to get better. All
0: right, thanks, Coach. All right, guys, thank you. Good players outside in about five minutes. I wish I wanted to go, but I just.